0: Pride Month is a time to celebrate the various identities that make up our wonderful and diverse community. It is also a time to reflect on and honor the powerful contributions of those who come before us. We stand on the shoulders of giants. James Baldwin, Larry Kramer, Bayard Rustin, Sylvia Rivera, and Marsha P. Johnson. To them and countless other trailblazers, we are humbly indebted and forever grateful. If you'd like more information on the movement or recommendations on how you can help, go to blacklivesmatter.com/partners. In these dark and difficult times, we hope that this episode brings you a little bit of joy and light.
1: Welcome to this special Pride
0: Month episode of the Big Gay Fiction podcast. I'm Jeff And I'm Will. Last year, author and experienced podcaster Slade James took his love of gay romance novels and started GayRomance.Show, a podcast that takes a deep dive into the writing processes of some of the most popular writers in our genre. His insightful questions have made his show a must-listen for MM Romance fans. Today, he joins us to talk about some books that have inspired him on his creative journey. Slade,
1: welcome to our Pride Festival. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, we are so happy to have you here and to talk about some books. We're doing a bit of a literary festival, so we wanted to get your opinion on some great books to share for pride. Tell us what you've got and and why you're highlighting it.
2: So when you first sent me the email and asked me to come up with this list that was like overwhelming opportunity for, you know, too many. And I was like, okay, how do I narrow this down? And so one of the things that really came up for me, because we are kind of from the same generation, same age, is I was thinking about how. Growing up as a teenager in the 80s, you know There weren't a lot of these choices to choose from and there weren't a lot of books that weren't specifically either AIDS focused or coming out stories, you know, they, they kind of all had these like talk show memoir kind of Focuses or else, you know, something maybe to do with it. the shadow of AIDS that, you know, kind of pervaded everything and one of the things that I noticed about the books that just came to me off the top of my mind were the the ones that kind of were surprises that crept into other places in literature that I was reading where we had gay authors or gay characters or gay situations showing up in the context of books that aren't necessarily quote unquote gay books. So that was sort of my filter for getting it down to three books that I could talk about.
1: I loved kind of your criteria around selecting what they were, because I mean, certainly going back to your teen years in the 80s, and now there's such a so many books to pick from, I like that you've kind of gone back in time a little bit.
2: Well, it's it's like, you know, the things that made an impression usually, you know, kind of happen earlier on in in life, so to speak, but those books felt like treasure. You know, now we can just go to Kindle and search for an MM romance and there are thousands, you know, of options to choose from. Whereas back then it was like, if you found a book that had gay characters or gay relationships represented in some way, it felt like you had stumbled on this treasure, you know? And so that was one of the things that I noticed about the books that I was bringing up. I was like, okay, these are not really obvious choices necessarily, but maybe that'll be an interesting thing. So the first book that I chose was Orlando by Virginia Woolf. And this is one of those books that I discovered as a teenager when I was reading Virginia Woolf. I was very obsessed with her in my teens and 20s. And she was kind of my focus when I was in in school as an English major. So but I first ran across this book, just randomly picked it up at a used bookstore and was like, oh, a Virginia Woolf book I've never seen before. The, The reason why I chose Orlando is because it is a book about gender identity Transsexuality, Gender Fluidity, that was published in 1928. And it was, it made such a huge impression on, on me because, you know, Virginia Woolf is known very much for feminism. She's famously known to have been, you know, bisexual or lesbian. I believe that this book was written, kind of inspired by her long-term female lover. And the the thing that was so cool about it, though, was it didn't jump up and down this was not a gay book about gay stuff for gay people it was a book that was in mainstream literary fiction it was you know released as a mainstream title Definitely considered more of an arty type author at at her time. But here was this person in 1928 who was really exploring the difference between gender identity and sexual orientation. And so I think it stands out as one of the most unique books of, of that type of all time. By the way, there's a really good film adaptation in the early 90s with Tilda Swinton playing the, the main character. And I think that's kind of how Tilda first came on everybody's radar. And of course she was the perfect choice to play someone who was gender fluid. So the second book that I chose, similar kind of circumstance, the big sci-fi reader, there was an author primarily in the 60s and 70s uh, named Samuel R. Delaney, who was a black African-American male gay science fiction author who was very much a mainstream science fiction author. And not only that, but Nebula Award winning, also considered, you know, a literary master. Again, he had all of these characters and circumstances in his books where he was not allowed to write gay books about gay things for a gay audience, but he managed to put these gay characters into science fiction in situations that were unexpected and like weirdly subversive and that they were just there and we weren't jumping up and down about the fact that they were gay characters. They just happened to be gay, you know, mm-hmm. which kind of made an impression on me because I felt like in a way here were these examples of books that potentially straight people were reading as well. So again, for the time period, this book that I picked was Dahlgren, D-H-A-L-G-R-E-N by Samuel Delaney. I think that's his best known book. It's sort of a dystopian, you know, Mad Max, Walking Dead. The world has kind of, you know, all gone to hell and we're sort of following someone through the aftermath of, of a, a metropolis in the near future. Very obscure kind of choice. But, you know, again, it was one of those things that I treasured, you know, as a teenager, like, wow, look, there are these gay characters in these books. The third book that I picked was Bringing It Home to Virginia. <laughs> I picked The Hours by Michael Cunningham, which is extremely famous mainstream again it won the pulitzer i believe in 1999 and it was known for being a book that had gay characters and even had virginia wolf herself as a character which it's super meta (laughs) but again one of these things that ended up being a mainstream film with ed harris and nicole kidman playing virginia wolf meryl streep is in it it's the film was successful, but the book too was extremely commercial success that was introducing gay characters into the mainstream in a way that was unexpected, you know, and it was like, again, finding this treasure of LGBT goodness and in, in just the middle of the road kind of thing. So those were the books that I picked.
1: With the first two, the the Virginia Wolf and, and the sci-fi one, did you just Stumble upon those? It sounded like, I mean, obviously, the Orlando you did because you just kind of found it in the bookstore. Or were you actively looking for that as a teenager?
2: Well, no, I wasn't. That was the thing. I was reading both of those authors for completely different reasons. I was reading Virginia Woolf because I was really into stream of consciousness literature. That was a big influence for me as a teen. <laughs> and I, Samuel Delaney is also known for writing very experimental formats in in literature. I would compare Dahlgren to *Ulysses* by James Joyce, but a science fiction version. So. I've always been a literary fiction reader and a science fiction reader and then gay romance. <laughs> Those are like my three <laughs> kind of big spots that I read. So I found Dahlgren just, you know, looking for science fiction mm-hmm. and, you know, picked this book up and started reading it and I'm like, oh, my God, you know, <laughs> that kind of moment. And I know you
1: had a runner-up list too. Do you just want to quickly give us your your the titles on your runner-up list since I, I I'd hate for your research to go to waste.
2: Well, one of the ones that came up for me was Anne Rice, The Vampire Lestat, which was again one of those books I read in the 80s as a teen, mainstream best-selling book about, you know, a gay relationship, very much just right out there in in the mainstream, but yet it wasn't a gay author writing gay stuff for a gay audience. It was, there was something a little bit subversive about, about finding it there. A little bit more obvious choice, and I wouldn't be surprised if um, some other people picked this one. E.M. Foster's Morris. E.M. was a contemporary of Virginia Woolf, and he famously wrote, you know, A Room with a View. And this was sort of like the book that he never got to publish, but he wrote. That was kind of like love story, gay love story. I guess they published it after his death later in the 70s or something like that. Edmund White, Boy's Own Story, that probably rings some bells for people. And that was one of those first books that I read that was like a coming-of-age, coming-out story about a gay character in contemporary United States. Another kind of obscure one that maybe people would struggle to include (laughs) was Gregory Maguire's Son of a Witch, which is the sequel to The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West, you know, Wicked. It is the second book in that series. And also, once again, here we are reading mainstream literature and suddenly there's, you know, a gay character and or at least a bisexual character with a, a major gay relationship in that book. David Sedaris gets a nod for just basically anything that Absolutely. you want to pick, <laughs> anything you want to talk about.
1: Yeah, David, I was, I was glad to, to see on your, at least your runner-up list because he's, I love reading his stuff for sure.
2: Me too. Huge influence.
1: So as we're here in Pride Month, of course, I, I'd love to hear what does pride mean to you?
2: Well, I'm going to hit you with the deep. I am someone who's been living with HIV for over 25 years. And one of the things that always comes up for me with Pride Month every year is the fact that the difference in time between those people who died really horribly of this plague and then those of us who were very easily able to take medication and, you know, live a normal life was relatively small looking back, you know, and it feels a little bit like I'm one of those people who got off the Titanic in time. You know what I mean? Like, so one of the things that comes up for me is always this idea of Feeling the presence of the people who aren't here to live the life that we live the opportunities that we have And I think that that more generally could be true of just any corner of our community That we are all living with a reality and opportunities that so many people You know fought and died for and were never realized in their lifetime. So I think for me, that's the thing that always comes up is it's not that we're supposed to feel guilty or that we're supposed to mourn as much as we're supposed to say, you know what, we're the ones who are here and we better make the most of it.
1: That's a fantastic message. Thank you for sharing that with us. You're welcome. As we wrap up, we should let people know if they haven't seen it already, that your MM Author podcast started coming back in May. Welcome back to the podcast Airwaves.
2: Glad to be back and have some people to talk to. Yes.
1: Yeah, we'll definitely link to that in the show notes so people can go pick that up and find it again. What is the
2: best way to keep up with you online and all of your various, in all your various social media? Sladejames.com. The podcast is the MM Author Podcast and the URL is the title, gayromance.show. And I am also on Facebook as Slade James. Fantastic. We will link up to those. Thank you so
1: much for being a part of our Pride Festival. We very much appreciate it and look forward to hearing more of your shows in the near future.
0: Thank you for having me. It was a lot of fun. We hope you've enjoyed this special Pride Month bonus episode. Our community contains a multitude of creative, resilient, and compassionate people. While we might not be standing hand-in-hand this Pride season, we stand strong together in spirit. Our spirit is Pride. Thank you so much for listening. For a complete rundown of this month's bonus content, go to BigGayFictionPodcast.com slash Pride 2020. Big
1: Gay Fiction Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more shows you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. New episodes of this show are available every Monday wherever you get your podcasts. You can help support this show with a monthly pledge through Patreon. For more information about joining our community and the bonus content we deliver, check out patreon.com slash biggayfictionpodcast. I'm Kurt Graves. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.